You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 159. Today's episode, Discomfort. My name is Samantha Schofield, and I wrote a book called Awkward, What to Do When Life Makes You Cringe. I'm a firm believer that acknowledging the awkwardness is oftentimes the very best way to get out of it unscathed, if you will. Why do you think that is? I think that it's kind of the elephant in the room. You know, if if you're in yoga class and somebody passes gas or something, you know, if you don't say anything, it just becomes this thing that everyone's thinking about and nobody knows what to do. And I think it becomes easier to deal with overall if, if you acknowledge and it's kind of like the situation has been deflated and, and nothing negative really comes of it. Well, what is the most awkward situation you've ever been in? Oh, that's a good question. Um, there are so many to choose from. You know, the yoga class, passing gas thing. is definitely Oh, you've done that? Me. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what do you... I mean, what do you who hasn't, right? You I haven't. Yoga. It's a, I've oh, never done oh. that. <laughs> you're, you're a better human than I am, I guess. Uh, in the book, you bring up parties and how they can be prone to awkwardness. Do you have any tips for not making things awkward at a party? You know, I think that parties are inherently fairly awkward. So invading personal space, if there's plenty of room, uh, getting too close to somebody is very, very uncomfortable. So don't make it awkward by having at least two or three feet in between you and the person you don't know. Um, getting too drunk. Oh, I would think that booze would really, like, uh, help loosen things up. (laughs) Have, like, you know, four or five, I think there's a difference between one and ten. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And what about about uncomfortable silences, like if you run out of things to say or a conversation comes to a halt? I'm actually a big fan of, of silence. If you have a silence that lasts long enough, a lot of people are driven to say something to fill the silence. And mm-hmm. I think that if you just sit and listen, people will reveal more about themselves or say things that they wouldn't normally say, which can then lead to a far more interesting conversation than this sort of surface-level interaction that a lot of us rely upon every day. Was was that an uncomfortable silence or the good kind of silence? <laughs> that was a good one, yeah. <laughs> What about that one that we just had after it? I think it has to last a good 10 seconds before it's really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We don't do that so much on radio. No, you don't. I I imagine you don't aim for that. If you could somehow never have an awkward moment again, would would you accept that? Or do you think there's a silver lining to awkward situations? Oh, I think there's definitely a silver lining. I actually, the the older I've gotten and the less self-conscious I think I've gotten, um, I relish these awkward moments. I think that... Really? How come? I think that you learn something from every single time that you do this. I've certainly learned more about myself as a person and and who I want to be through these awkward situations that I've put myself in. You know, it's important to remember that we're not perfect. You know, we all have these little flaws, and if we can figure out a way to have our flaws fit into the world without hurting anybody, then I think that it adds a lot more interest to life. Moments of discomfort highlight our shared humanity, remind us that we are all flawed creatures of flesh and bone. 
Yet when we find ourselves in the eye of the storm, we want nothing more than to vanish. You might say, though, that our reward for weathering uncomfortable moments is the great stories that we bring back. Last Friday night was horrible. (laughs) Why? I got drunk to a degree that I haven't been in a very long time. Mm-hmm. It was like one of my first nights uh, with this girl, uh, Vanessa, who is like really cool. We sat at one bar, had like a long dinner, wine and drinks and blah, blah, blah. And I stood up at the end of the night and was wasted and terrified because I was like, oh, no, I don't want to be this drunk in front of this girl, you know. Mm-hmm. But luckily, like totally great night. You know, we made out, we had a really fun time, and, and I, at some point, I think I said something like, I'm having a really fun time, I want to spend all weekend with you, or, say, I, you know, whatever. I was. I'm sure I was just trying to get her to come home with me. And she was like, well, you know, if you want to come to my niece's piano recital tomorrow afternoon, you can come and we can spend the rest of the night together tomorrow night. Hmm. Which I was like, happily. I will happily go to a, you know, a nine-year-old's piano recital if it means, like, I get to... <laughs> Vanessa naked so, it's like, you know? Yeah, it's like a recital foreplay. Exactly, exactly. So we make that plan. I'm going to meet her at, you know, 4 o'clock the next afternoon to go to the piano recital. I go home. I'm all wound up. Can't go to sleep. So I watch, like, YouTube videos until 6 a.m. And so I, in my still drunk kind of wisdom, am like, well, the recital's not until the afternoon. I want to get good sleep. So I take an Ambien. At 6 a.m. Yeah. A terrible idea. I fall into a coma, basically, for all morning and all afternoon. Piano recital is at 4. I do not wake up until 3.40. <laughs> I don't have time to shower. I don't have... I've got to get 15 blocks. Uh, I just put clothes on, drink two full bottles of water because I'm aggressively dehydrated. We run out the door and run up there. I'm still five minutes late. And and now I'm like, I'm sweating. I'm sure I smell like a garbage can. Like I look like a homeless person who just walked in. You know, and keep in mind, like I'm meeting her family here. You know what I mean? This is like a moment. This is not insignificant. And we all sit down. I'm sitting between Vanessa and her mother, and it's just one kid after another butchering classical music and or Billy Joel for hours. It's endless. And we're just sitting there watching these kids, and then my body starts firing off alarm signals like, you got to go to the bathroom. Because of the water I drink, I have to pee like crazy. But I'm not uh-huh. sitting, like, on the edge. I'm, like, in the middle of a row full of parents who are all holding cameras up. But I'm, like, what I am wrestling with at the time is such powerful physical need to empty my bladder. You know, like, I'm in the midst of a war with my own body. And I, I'm, like, I'm, you know, like, you, you know that move where you, like, kind of shift your weight and you're like, well, maybe if I sit back or if I sit front or if I move around a little, like somehow the pressure will alleviate. And I like I do that thing where I like I unbutton my the top button of my pants, which I know buys me like five minutes tops. <laughs> um, 
so the minute the thing's over is like, boom, I'm in the bathroom. Bathroom is being used as a changing room for the recital. So, you know, there's a bunch of kids changing in there. Mm-hmm. So I burst in there, and it's, you know, this is a situation, I, I don't, listen, I'll be honest, like, I'm uncomfortable peeing in, like, public bathrooms. Ever since I was a kid, I could not pee with other people around, you know? Like, I don't like, I don't, I don't use public restrooms unless it's a single stall. And so, even though I had to pee so bad, I could not pee in front of these children. I couldn't do it. I couldn't stand there while people watched me pee. Mm-hmm. So I walked out. So I go, I find Vanessa, because she and her parents and everybody, they're all going to dinner uh, to, like, celebrate Caitlin's recital, which I'm supposed to go to. So I said, listen, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to take a shower, and I'll meet you guys at dinner. Because to me, that's the, the best move here. Because now I can get home, I can use my own bathroom, and I can shower, and I can make a bet. I'm going to, round two, when I get to the restaurant, I'm going to be on my A game, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I say a quick goodbye, I tell everybody I'll, I'll meet them at the restaurant, and I leave. And I start that very kind of fast-paced, weird walk you do when you have to pee, but you can't do full strides because somehow that relaxes the muscles that make you pee. Do you know what the walk I'm talking about? So it's sort of like a, like a clip, like little steps. Like a clenched kind of walk, yeah. Yeah, and comedic. It must look weird. Yeah. It must look like a Martin Short character. <laughs> I get like five blocks and am done. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to make it. That is for sure. Like, for sure I'm not going to make it. Uh-huh. So now I'm faced with either pee my pants, which I'm at this point legitimately considering because I know I'm going to get home and shower. (laughs) Or I can, you know, try and find someplace to go to the bathroom. And lo and behold, as I'm walking, there is like an alley. Looks deserted. So I walk down there. And as I'm about to start peeing, a woman walks, starts walking down the alley right towards me, like makes direct eye contact with me. And starts walking towards me. Uh huh. And I instantly am so uncomfortable. I just I couldn't I couldn't do it. So I button my fly back up, and I just walk away. I'm walking down the street, disheveled, looking insane. And now and now I'm talking to myself, saying like, okay, seven more blocks, seven more blocks, three flights of stairs, and we're there. That's all you need to do. I am one block from my house, one block. And, you know, there's that deli that is uh, across the street from my house. Mm -hmm. And there is a police cruiser parked in front of that deli. And as I'm walking by, muttering to myself, looking crazy, Uh two police officers are walking out with Gatorade or whatever they bought. And the guy stops me. The guy's like, excuse me. And I didn't know he was. I literally didn't know he was talking to me because I was in another world. Uh And then he says, excuse me, excuse me. Is everything all right? I turned around and I said, you cannot stop me right now. I don't have time for this. I have to get home. And the guy goes, make time for this. In like the most badass cop voice. And this is when I should shut up and just explain myself. But I get, like, very defensive. 
I'm like, you don't understand. I have to get inside my house, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like dancing, not dancing, but like I'm like <laughs> moving my weight from like one foot to the other. At one uh-huh. point, like I kneel down all the way. <laughs> like you like squat. I start squatting while I'm talking to them. Uh-huh. And I'm just ranting. I'm ranting. You can't stop me from going home. I live right there. You can't stop me. I can walk in that house anytime I want. I pay rent there. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I'm, I get into, I pay your salaries. I, I you did that, huh? I, you know, I think the thing that did me in was I said to the one guy, what's your badge number? I don't, I feel like I've heard that on TV or movies mm-hmm. or something. Here's a piece of advice. In the real world, in New York City, when you say, what's your badge number to a cop, guess what happens? What's you that? put in handcuffs and put in the back of a police cruiser. Is that re- really? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know if that happens every time, but that is what happened to me. Wow. So, boom, I'm in the back of a police cruiser. And it's funny, at this point, all I can think about is, thank God they're bringing me someplace that must have a toilet. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 you know, like Vanessa and her family, who cares? Right now, in the back of this police cruiser, all I can think of is, at the very least, when they bring me in, there's going to be a toilet there so I can pee. Mm-hmm. So they pull me out of the car. They bring me into the police station, take me to a holding cell. They open the cell door, and like before they can even explain anything to me, <laughs> the handcuffs are off, and I am making a beeline straight for the toilet in the middle of this holding cell. You know, there's no stall. There's no nothing. There's just a toilet bowl. Pull my pants down to my ankles. And I am going. It is happening. And I'm so relieved. I, I, I'm, I'm breathing heavy. I'm, I'm, I'm making noises. I'm, I'm making noises, Jonathan, that are like almost orgasmic in their relief and relief. I'm going... Oh, and I pee, I, sh- I kid you not, I pee for probably two minutes straight. Uh-huh. Pull my pants up, and I can see two benches full of dudes just watching me, watching me pee. And, and, these, are, and these are like um, uh, jail guys. Yes, Jonathan. These are what we typically in the biz call jail guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I mean, like, these are like sketch balls. These are like, I don't know, people who are picked up, you know. Um, so I walk away from the toilet. I sit down on the bench. And bizarrely, I feel pretty good. Like I conquered something, you know, like I, I peed in front of people in a disgusting bathroom. Like here I was, all of this stress, all of this anxiety, and I did it. I, I found it kind of empowering. Wow. So, I mean, it, it, it kind of cured you of your anxiety issue. I think so, yeah. Vanessa broke up with me the next day, of course, which I kind of get. It is through the gaze of others that we feel our discomfort become magnified, and that might just be the price we pay for being social beings. Yet when we need a break from the society of others, we can always retreat from the world to the comfort of our own company, at least until we are intruded upon and our comfort zone is shattered. My grandmother's... 
you know. Okay, everybody just keep to the left. Everybody yeah. please keep to the left over here. Howard? Okay. Oh, what? Martha, Martha, you see this? Louie, Louie, hang on, wait. Everyone come in. Hi. You all want to place? Everybody put a chair. Howard. Hi, John. Who, 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 okay, yes, what? Keep along the wall. Keep along the wall. Don't take a seat. Hello. Uh, who, who are all these people that you, that you okay, brought in here? Okay, hang on, Dawson, explain everything. Okay, one, 10, 11, 12. It's getting a little crowded 13. in here. Where's Sandra? 15? Howard, I, I don't know what's going on, but I, I, I was sort of in the middle of writing my I monologue. I understand. I'm just doing a safety check. I have to make sure everybody's here. Hang hey, on. Hey, everybody. Uh, okay, we're all here. Okay, Let's clap Howard. it up. Let's clap it up. All right. Uh, Howard, Good. Could, could you please turn off that megaphone? Pardon it's me? It's very loud. I don't understand. I Howard, don't get you. you've got it aimed right in my face. I can't hear you. Please, just turn off the megaphone. Like this? Is it off? No, Howard, testing, Howard, testing. please. All right, hang on, hang on, hang on. Where's this off button on this thing? No, it's not better. This is not better now? No, Howard, please. Ah, here we go. Thank hello, you. Hello, hello. Wow. I don't even recognize my own voice. I was talking to that thing about three, three four hours. Guys, three, four hours, eh? Yeah. All right. We're having a good time. We all having a good time? Woo! Howard, can I talk to you in private for a moment? Yeah. I mean, you, everything you can say to me, you can say in front of my tour group. I have them here. Your, your tour group? Yeah. I told you all You're, about that. No, no, you didn't tell me. I told you me. all about those. No, Bring your tour you... group in as a, for a tour of the CBC a studios and a tour of your office. They want to meet you. They're big fans of yours. Uh, that's really sweet. Right? Uh, Everybody? Come on. Jonathan Golson from the Canadian okay. Broadcasting Corporation's yeah. Wiretap. Come right, on. Right, right, Put okay. your hands together. Put this together, everybody. It's, well, it's, it's great to meet you say all. Something, but, say uh, something to the group. W- well, you know, actually, uh, it's not a great time. He's <laughs> kidding. He's <laughs> so funny. Everybody. What a comedian. So what's going to happen is basically the, the group is here, and I, I, I've given them a tour of the cafeteria. Right. We saw some of the sets for, for, mm-hmm. for Canadian Broadcasting Corporation television series, which were very interesting. Mm-hmm. We were down at uh, Sir Stuart McLean's uh, office. Sir Stuart McLean. I believe so. I believe he was knighted. I don't His know His office, that. it's okay. a really big, sprawling, like, manly office with leather uh-huh. chairs and, and a sofa and stuff. It's actually quite different from your studio, huh? It's really kind of cramped and small and well, in here. Well, it's, it feels a little cramped, Howard, when there's about a, a couple dozen people You're standing around in it. It smells a, a little bit like cat littery. It. I, Who says cat litter? Raise your hands. I do. Okay. Who says onions? Howard, can you make me all this? Oh, right. See? Show of hands. Both. Who here had a great time in Sir Stuart McLean's office? Who thought that was the best part of the day? You know, he gave me a foot massage during the tour. He put I, a good you, foot rub, too. Great guy, Sir Stuart McLean. Okay, again, it's not Sir Stuart. I can call you Sir also if you want. It'd be different. It'd be like, Sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave. All right, okay. Go back. You get back to your to whatever you were I doing. I your right, Howard. Just go about your business. Do your thing. We're going to be like church mice. We're going to I must say quietly. I feel a little uncomfortable. We'll see the, the genius at work. That's all I want to see. Oh, We want to okay. see the process, you know, the madness of creation, you know, the, the insanity that comes... With the creative effort, it can it can really make people quite loony. Normally, what Goldstein does is he strips down completely naked, and he records that, all his stuff completely in the buff. That is not true. That is totally true. That is not true. You know, it's one thing going to lie to me, but nobody nobody's going to lie to my tour group. Guys, right? That's right. With with all due respect to you folks, you know I'm I'm not able to write uh, with with a whole bunch of people kind of watching me like this. It's I'm going to tell you something. You know, you might be too shut away. You know, you're on radio. You don't get to see the, the faces of the people that you touch. Well. And I think an artist needs to have a little discomfort in order to thrive. Okay, to Howard, really tap I, into that. You know, into I, that. if you could just maybe. Just, 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 please, just do your thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't, don't, 
Don't worry about us. You just go. Go, go. All right. Go. Okay. All That's right. It. Notice how, how the writer is thinking, just taking some time and pondering what he's going to write. It's very difficult to do that, Howard, when Notice you're... the brow is all furrowed. Oh, he's touching the keys. He started. Notice how, how delicately his fingers tap the keyboard. You're making me very self-conscious. We're just watching. We're just observing. This is... No, you're not just observing. Okay, I'm sorry. Just We're going to stand back quietly. You just, just do your thing. Okay, we all have to be really quiet because John's getting a little upset because he's a temperamental artist. Okay, I've listen. I hate to break it to you, folks, but uh, the tour is over. You're, you're dressing. You're dressing my tour group. This is my well, tour group. I tell them what's happening. I'm their tour guide. Well, you're in my studio. Yeah, we're observing how? you. You don't see. The, you okay. don't see a giraffe talking to the tour group. You know what I'm saying? It just shuts up and eats leaves. That's what it does. To shut up. You know what? I find that verbally abusive. Did I say shut up in a rude way? Yes, no, yes, he did. Uh, guys, did I? No, no, no right, see? Like I don't know what you've done to these people. They just. It's it's like a cult. It's not a cult. It's a tour group. I actually wouldn't mind opening the floor to some Q&A, if anyone would like to get just do that you, first. You wouldn't mind doing that. Is, does anyone have a question for Jonathan? When did you meet Howard? Okay, there's one. So she's like, no, when, when you first met me. That's I a heard good question. her, yes. I, I met Howard in, in many years ago, mm-hmm. much to my own chagrin. I, I met him mm-hmm. uh, early on in my, in my life. Let's have, let's have another question. I like this. This is moving along. What's another question we have? What's Howard's favorite sandwich? John, would you like to answer that? Maybe you'd like to answer it, Howard. No, no, I don't know why sandwich? I'm being asked what Howard's you know favorite, favorite sandwich is. Why would I know what your the favorite sandwich is, is? All sandwiches are my favorite sandwich, and that's just the way it is. Next question. What's that smell? We already covered that. That was the cat litter and onions. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. How did you get started in broadcasting? Oh, well, that's a very thoughtful question. Uh, okay, everybody. We're going to do some square dancing. Wait, 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 what's going on? We're going to go see Stuart McLean right now. He's going to show us uh, uh, some how to do square dancing in the parking lot. You know, he told us we're going to be back at a certain time, so we we should really all... Wait, what do you mean you're square... Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. Take hands. Meet me outside. I'm going to be out in just a moment. Everyone, keep along the side walls. Okay, keep along the walls. John, can I get the money now for the Danish and coffee? What, what, what Danish that, and that's coffee? That's part of the tours. They, uh, they, they are promised Danish and coffee. Well, I, I didn't promise them anything. I promised them, though. All right, fine. Thanks for this. And I appreciate this. And this goes a long way because I, I, I want to be honest with you. You didn't make such a great impression on these people. What do you mean? But what you have you a mean? chance to win them over later. We're going to continue with the tour of your apartment later what, on. What do you mean? You're gonna, how are you going to be in part my of the apartment? Tour. They, it's lunch and supper and Danish and coffee. Okay? Just make Howard, I can't cook dinner for Sandra a dozen has people. a peanut allergy. And Louis only eats peanuts. So just figure something out. Who only eats peanuts? I don't understand. Okay, thanks, Bobby. Thank you. On Wiretap today, you heard Jason Mansukas, Howard Chakowitz, and Samantha Schoolfield, author of Awkward, What to Do When Life Makes You Cringe. Special thanks to the men and women of CBC Montreal, for being a part of Howard's tour group. Wiretap is produced by Mira Bertwintonic, Crystal Duhame, and me, Jonathan Goldstein. Subscribe to the free podcast at cbc.ca slash wiretap, where you can also download the latest wiretap ringtone. Thank God they're bringing me someplace that must have a toilet. Express thanks for the little things with every ring of your phone.